1: Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, broadcast live from Boston, to go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened this weekend, and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week is Roger Federer winning his eighth Wimbledon title yesterday to become perhaps the greatest tennis player of all time. Uh, It feels like a year or two ago, we had pretty much written Federer off as probably done winning majors maybe even being done winning tournaments. But boy, has that all changed. It's the second major win this year. And this was an absolute masterpiece where he, uh, amazingly, I saw that he didn't lose a set during the entire tournament. So that's just remarkable. And it was just great waking up every morning and having Wimbledon on pretty much throughout the morning, if not throughout the, the afternoon as well. And just great, uh, great to be able to watch over the past two weeks. I had the good fortune of going there a couple of summers ago, not on a match day. Uh, the tournament had just ended, but uh, to, took the train from uh, the tube, I should say, from London out to the town of Wimbledon where you can get off and just literally walk to the grounds and uh, got a chance to look at the grounds, go into the uh, pro shop and whatnot, and it was just spectacular. So I have always enjoyed it, but I've enjoyed it even more having been there. So hats off to Roger Federer, uh, amazing accomplishment. And uh, it feels like yesterday, once and for all, he cemented his place in history, no matter what he does. And frankly, no matter what anybody else does, he is now uh, uh, forever forever one of the greats no doubt about it well my low light of the week is uh lonzo ball and the sneaker situation he is playing great and what a passer fabulous to watch him uh better so far ups and downs but better so far than i thought but what's bizarre is this whole sneaker situation uh where he's wearing different sneakers pretty much every single night, different brand. And, of course, his father, LeVar, started the Big Baller brand and their own sneakers, which he wore for the, his very first summer league game out there in Vegas. And uh, and they're going for, as we all know, $495. And uh, so it has just been comical to watch the fascination, the fixation on what sneakers he'll wear and how his performance correlates in those particular sneakers and it's just uh simply uh, <laughs> been uh one of those you have to see it to believe it moments and you can't make this up because it is uh quite unique, quite different, to put it mildly, and uh He's already shown himself to be, uh, you know, between him and his father, just uh, quite a family who has truly burst onto the American sporting landscape here this year in 2017, and uh, neither are going anywhere soon. But uh, let's hope ultimately the fascination is focused on Lonzo's game and not the sneakers. My Bizarre Story of the Week are the McGregor-Mayweather press conferences. Uh, they've just been uh, something to behold. There is no other way word for it. It's uh, more than anything, feels to me just like a big comedy show. Um, a lot of tremendously funny lines, especially McGregor. He, he is just a born entertainer in every sense of the word, both inside and outside the ring. Uh, uh, the mouth that roared comes to mind. And uh, he is just really uh, something else. He, he truly has the Irish gift of gab at the highest, highest level. Very funny. Uh, of course, controversial. Some of the comments, both both fighters, uh, you know, went low, shall we say, and uh, wasn't well received by many, many people. Um, but you know, four press conferences in like four days at first one was quite entertaining. Second one, a little less so the last two, not so much. And, uh, they felt like they were just looking for stuff to talk about and, uh, and they found it, but unfortunately it was, uh, offensive to many, many people out there. So, uh, probably should have halted it too. And, uh, fight still almost six weeks away it's going to be a gigantic event to say the least they're going to break every record ever I believe for pay-per-view and whatnot so it will be fascinating and again these guys know how to put on a show so hopefully they do on August 26th what they've been doing all week which is putting on a show uh, for good and for bad so it's been an interesting uh A lot of golf going on these days. Uh, I, of course, was at the USGA Senior Open up at Salem Country Club, uh, north of Boston. Attended a number of days. It was great. Uh, One of the highlights was Hale Irwin and Boston Bruin legend Ray Bork, who's a member of Salem Country Club. Put on a clinic for a large group of kids. It was just fantastic went on for like at least a half an hour big crowd and they were just so terrific with these kids and work well together and really really just uh you know tremendous event the highlight of the non-tournament activities uh that i saw and of course the field was great i got to follow the likes of nick faldo tom watson bernhard longer Of course, Colin Montgomery, Fred Couples, Corey Pavin, Tom Kite, just a star-studded field, uh, players uh, who are just simply household names. So it was just awesome, um, to say the least. Great job by the USGA, and everybody in Massachusetts, as always, loved it. And uh, speaking of golf, interesting coincidence with the U.S. Women's Open held this past weekend. Finishing up yesterday in uh, Bedminster, New Jersey. Um, Christy Kerr, uh, American golfer. She was participating. It was the 10th anniversary of her winning the uh, tournament. And she uh, had a chat with President Trump, who was there and who also owns the golf course. But the coincidence was uh, that Christy Kerr is the Lacoste ambassador, and uh, so this was the 10th anniversary, as I said, of her uh, winning the the same U.S. Open, but it also was the 50th anniversary of uh, Catherine Lacoste, daughter of tennis legend, Renee Lacoste, Uh, but she won the same competition 50 years ago, becoming the first foreigner and the only amateur up to that date to date, and the youngest player at the time to win the U.S. Women's Open. So uh, she got the nickname, the Crocodile Kid, which is a nod to her father's famous nickname and, of course, the logo on all the Lacoste clothes. So uh, great tournament there down in Bedminster as well. And uh, so, yeah, hats off to uh, to Christy Kerr, who was one of the top American finishers had a good tournament and uh so yeah just a, a fascinating coincidence to say the least and hey she got to talk to the president um good tournament out there at lake tahoe stuff curry uh interacting with justin timberlake and tony romo was great theater uh to go along with the fabulous scenery uh to put it mildly out there at lake tahoe and uh right out of Godfather Two and Bonanza. So really fun to watch. Aaron Rodgers was there. Lots of big names, of, as always, and uh, just always a fun, fun tournament to watch. So uh, getting ready to head down right after the show to one of my favorite events of the year, which is the American Athletic Conference Football Media Days in Newport, Rhode Island, uh get to see Commissioner Mike Oresco and others. All the coaches will be there, uh, including Charlie Strong, now the coach at University of South Florida, uh, formerly, of course, of Texas. And uh, each team will have a few players there. Um, Memphis is the newest member of the AAC So it is going to be a tremendous theater, to say the least. Uh, It's always just, it begins tonight with a clam bake in one of the most beautiful settings uh, you'd ever see in Newport, Rhode Island, not far from where John F. Kennedy and Jackie were married way back in the day. Um, So yeah, and then tomorrow is just really great session with, Vern Lundquist emceeing after Commissioner Oresco's address uh, and then they basically split it up into two where there'll be a coaches panel uh, for six of the teams then another coaches panel and uh, and then in the meantime you could, the players and other coaches will be in one room and then there'll be the panel and then they flip flop so it's a great opportunity to talk to players coaches it's very very popular very well attended in one of america's most beautiful summer resorts newport rhode island so uh really really looking forward to it and uh should be a lot of fun so cannot wait um so why don't we take our break and uh lots to get to on the other side
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now, just like the game itself you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show.
1: To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today?
4: Oh, I'm doing great, John. I'm glad to be here.
1: That's good. We're glad to have you on, as always. And... uh it's one of our favorite times of the year, which is college football media days occurring everywhere. I closed the previous session talking about heading out to uh, down to Newport, Rhode Island, uh, as soon as the show ends today. And uh, and I know you were at a big one, the biggest uh, of all of them, SEC media days last week. How was it?
4: Oh, John, it was very, very well attended, and I had a good time. It was a very productive week. Met with a lot of people, spoke to a lot of players and and then the coaches, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Yeah, uh,
1: got a lot of publicity and uh, saw a lot of Nick Saban, among others, on TV, various snippets here and there. So, uh, So how was Nick? We'll start with him since you cover the Crimson Tide. Yeah, he
4: was in a very good mood, John. He, he, yeah, it seemed that way. He 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 made a few funny comments. Uh, we were discussing the rules on the sideline to uh, keep the coaches behind the lines, and uh, you know, address the the antics that some of them displayed during the games. And and someone asked him about a get back coach. and He says, "Well, we have one, but we might need more than one this year." So you know, he was in a playful mood. <laughs>
1: Good for him. Well, that's probably a good sign that they're going to be good, as they always are. Maybe even a little better than people were expecting. Although They're probably rated number one again, right?
4: Yeah, that was the overwhelmingly favorite, John. I mean, they were not scheduled to be there until Wednesday morning. But from day one, the first minute of the press conference, I think, you know, that somebody was asking about Alabama. It's really like instead of SEC media days, it's like Alabama and the 13 media days you know the 13 other teams i mean they they're discussed constantly and and uh, the people are probing for answers why they're so much ahead of all the other teams and it's just i'm i'm sure the other coaches uh, they don't enjoy answering those type of questions and the players too but that's the, the lay of the land at the moment and Alabama's the dominant team in the league and across the country as well
1: no doubt about it ap You know, you and I are just, I've said this before, I say it again. You know, you're covering Alabama. I'm right here with the Patriots, covering them at points with various stories and, of course, attending all the games. And uh, we're two lucky guys. We are, you know, witnessing history. We have a ringside seat for literally football history with both of those programs, to put it mildly.
4: Yeah, very fortunate. Uh, Alabama's in contention each and every season to win the SEC championship and then follow up to play in the college football playoffs, which is a a neat event because now you're getting a little drama to just not only one game but having the semifinals as well. Oh,
1: exactly, exactly. Um, So um, what other observations did you make, Uh, you know, Nick's a big name. he's the biggest name, but and Alabama's the biggest program, but you know let's SEC is the conference, tons of you know charismatic coaches and great programs. So what are some of your other takeaways? Oh, and before we go there, how many media attended this year? Dare I ask? Yeah, that's
4: supposedly uh, 1200 plus
1: credentials. Oh my gosh, that's typical number, right?
4: Yeah, typical number SEC media days. So, but it you know stunning number a, by the it, way. It, yeah, oh yeah, I mean you have, to have probably two or th- two or three conferences to equal that amount. But totally. But they have a way. Yeah, they have a way of separating the radio people, TV people, print media people, so you don't feel like you're crowded, and there's enough room um, in each room. Really? But, oh, that's nice. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's the way they, they uh, have in those conference rooms of the hotel. The Hyatt, the old Winfrey Hotel, it's called the Hyatt, I guess now. But and it's one in of the Hoover, things, Hoover, Hoover Around, Alabama. Alabama? That's correct. That's at the Galleria. It's a big complex. All the stores are nearby, so it's convenient. I, I feel it's a convenient place, but there's there's chatter that it might move. So if there's chatter, no one's come out, yet have to see to denounce that. The, the, those type of statements, and I guess it probably is on the move. I'm not sure where exactly, but you heard Nashville and Dallas and places like that. Which, wow! I mean, I don't quite, I don't quite understand, but uh, I'm sure they'll have they have a plan. I'm sure, they have a plan.
1: I'm sure they do. Uh, now, Hoover is a suburb of Birmingham, right? So, suburb of Birmingham, that's
4: right, close by. It's, it's okay. Uh, you, All right, you can get there very easily. All the interstates cross section there, sure do. Okay, well, now that we've set the scene a little
1: bit, so that's interesting to hear about how they, you know, uh, parse up the media in various areas and whatnot. Uh, and so, yeah, what, what were some of the other uh, sound bites, observations, crowds, whatever? Uh, what were the other take homes from SEC Media Days?
4: Yes, yeah, I think the second theme, John, was the league will have a better quarterback play. Okay. Especially with the addition of Jarrett Stidham at Auburn. He transferred right? transferred in from Baylor after sitting out a year. And then you have Austin Allen at Arkansas. His brother, Brandon, was a fairly good quarterback. But, and then Nick Fitzgerald, I think he led the conference or near the conference uh, lead in rushing big tall lanky player about six four or five can really run you know has to improve his passing uh, of course and Jacob Eason you're thinking he's going to be much improved and then Shea Patterson from Ole Miss he'll take over for uh, Chad Kelly and he showed some uh, signs of being a pretty good player himself and uh, Jake Bentley of South Carolina and Drew of Missouri they had Pretty good years. Although Missouri, had a losing record, and you know South Carolina struggled a little bit offensively. But and then you have uh, an NFL name in there, Kyle Shermer from Vanderbilt. His dad, maybe, familiar with him, NFL assistant coach.
3: And, oh yeah. Uh, okay.
4: Yeah. So he's with Vanderbilt, and they they continue to grow their program. And now, you know Tennessee, they're going to have um, there's a freshman Jarrett, Garantano, maybe he might take over by midseason or something. But he's, he's pretty exciting. And then LSU they got you know the Purdue transfer still there, Danny Atling, and uh, Kentucky's quarterback was there, he had transferred in from Grammar and played last year. And, and Florida's you know they're not sure about their quarterback. And then the A and M, they're going to have a young quarterback. So I, I don't think that fares very well for Kevin Sumlin. But that's the hand that he has to play this season. Well, improved quarterback
1: play in the SEC has to be uh, uh, seen as probably cementing uh, again their, you know, uh, their lofty perch of being basically the, you know, hands down the best conference in the country year in year out. The stats are all there to prove it. So, boy, with even a better group of quarterbacks uh and good description of this by the way uh good to hear all these names are they they're already on my watch list just listen to you describe them and uh it does sound like a good crew so wow uh that's going to be fun and uh who, who do you see as like you know the strongest contenders we'll start with the afc or sec afc sec west uh who's the strongest contender for alabama
4: well, I, I think, I I always told you, the LSU has comparable talent right. to Alabama. But they need some better quarterback play, and they have the new coordinator from Pittsburgh who has, has been able to do very well and has his team scoring points. I mean, they beat Clemson last year, right, at Clemson. So they, they should be uh, a team to watch because... They were so just one-dimensional with uh, Leonard Fournette. You know, have an outstanding running back coming back, guys. So look for LSU. If they can play a little bit better offensively, they could challenge Alabama. The advantage that Alabama has in that particular uh, matchup is the game is in Tuscaloosa this year. Okay. So, Big yeah, advantage. So, but, you know, yeah, but anything anything could happen, as you know. And, oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah, I can have and then Auburn, you know, they had an excellent defense last year. Uh, they were fifth in offense, John, okay? Number one in rushing, and they have the two uh, running backs returning. They were 14th in passing in the league, so you know that's going to improve. You know, they're dead last. So, Jared right. hit him, He'll be there in command. They haven't named him as a starter, but I'd be very surprised if he wasn't uh, at the helm to begin the season. He's very talented. Uh, Gus Malzahn, he described his athleticism as like a 36 inch vertical, 4'6 in the 40s. So that, I mean, I've heard people say that he doesn't run that well. And I'm thinking that's not the person that I watched play uh, his first game, collegiate game against SMU. He looked pretty mobile to me. Right, right. Hey,
1: um, and who do you
4: like in the SEC East? Well, I, I voted for Florida because they've won it twice. So Jim McIlwain, I'm thinking maybe his offense gets a little better defensively. I don't know if he'd, he'd be as good, but you know, he's an offensive coach. So hopefully he's been recruiting well, maybe developing some of his players. But George is right on the heels. Where I told somebody that, you know, I'm not in love with George or Tennessee or Florida, but I'd take them all on a date.
1: <laughs> I like it. Well said, as only you can put it, AP. Uh and I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, uh, you know, the coaches, I mean, they're so, so high profile. I heard some stuff about you freeze, uh, you know, uh, with what's going on down there at Ole Miss, of course, less miles I'm assuming was probably missed big time. Uh, he, he's a staple. if not the star of them. There's Brett <laughs> Bioma, and on and on and on. I mean, Jim McElwain, like you mentioned, uh, uh, quite a cast, uh, of characters, you know, no longer do we have uh, Steve Spurrier, of course. But still, the coaches are the, are, are the deal down there, for sure.
4: Yeah, yeah Brett Vilma, he got a brand new baby. So he was full of enthusiasm, and he's just bubbling over with uh, the joys of having a, a newborn. So it was fun to watch him. And, uh, you know, of course, Hugh Freeze was the opposite. It was the gloom and doom of the, the tending uh investigation of Ole miss and and the you know what's going to happen down the road so that was a two uh, full spectrum right there of, of emotions. somebody's really happy, and then somebody who just there's a huge cloud over his program
1: I'm sure was he like being defensive
4: or you know I, I don't know he, if you uh, yeah yeah. In other words, John, you know he couldn't say very much because they're under investigation and you can't answer specific questions. But correct. He, you know they they they're going to try to answer everything the NCA puts be, before them. But uh, I I don't know what's going to happen. But I don't think it's going to be a very good outcome. Let's say I just don't get that feeling. Me either. Talking to it's different been, people. Uh, it's been it. so All right. You know, I agree. It, you know, it's, it's just tough when you're in that position. You can't say anything, but just you have to be out there in front of the media trying to answer questions and not sound like you're defensive.
1: Right. Tricky. Tricky. Very tricky, to say the least. Uh, well, AP, great, great synopsis of SEC Media Days. And uh, before we close, I have to ask you, at least on this topic or this segment, how were the crowds, like autograph seekers at the, you know, at the door of the hotel and in the lobby? Was it as insane as always?
4: Well, I guess the Alabama people have started to show up at 3.30 in the morning. Oh, that'll do it. Wow. <laughs> that's You're one way to bypass education. it. Really?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah well, that's- sort of, really. Uh, it really is well that's one way to short circuit it uh well ap uh great job why don't we take our break still a lot more to get to uh and we'll do so on the other side (laughs)
2: TV before. thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america
0: you're listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show Horse America
1: listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 346 Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we talked previous segment, uh, deservedly so, about the SEC media uh, media days for football. Uh, annual tradition down in the Birmingham area, and you were there, of course, covering it. Great information already, but one segment just doesn't do the trick, does it, AP? We need more.
4: Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> just the way it is down south. They can't get enough of SEC football and, and we on the radio to speak about the league. You just can't really... Take one segment. It's it's more, more information uh, that you know we like to share with our audience. Exactly, and of course we touched on this, but we
1: didn't give it enough time. Was the coaches uh, SEC coaches? Uh, they're basically household names, certainly in the South, if not nationwide, for many of them. And uh, what did you think of you know, you seeing the coaches down there and and how they all do.
4: Uh, I think one of the interesting uh, coaches at the podium was Ed Orgeron of LSU. He, you know, addressed the media, and then he went down through the entire roster of players that he thought would be contributing. And I just I thought it was fun to hear the coach's opinion of, of players. Of course, some of the media people they they ten- have a tendency to be annoyed maybe the fact that and that leaves less time for questions, but. Uh, it worked out fine, but I, I like the way he he addresses things. I mean, he's proactive. He he doesn't wait for a question. He's telling you about his team, and then you know you could ask about players without feeling that he he's not going to answer I mean, he He's willing and ready to to uh, address your questions about his team, and I, I appreciate know that approach. So I like that. Orsorani was good. Um, you know, the, the Vanderbilt coach was Derek Mason. He, he was very optimistic. I mean, I think when you're at Vanderbilt, you must be the most optimistic person in the room because you realize that you're not recruiting the uh, type of talent that some of the other teams. But yet, he's convinced his players uh, that they can win, and they have. He's done very well so far. and Correct. Uh, you know, that program, when you, you play him on Saturday, you better be ready because they can beat you. I mean, as Georgia has found out. Well, that's how I see Vanderbilt.
1: You know, they're they're up against it every week, but uh, you know, they do pull the occasional upset. Uh, and I kind of liken them to Boston College in many ways, academics and athletics. On any given day, they're capable of beating anyone, and you know which they do, <laughs> uh, Vanderbilt. And yeah, I mean they're, uh, you know. Always dangerous, never ever a team to be taken lightly. That's for sure, and of course, a tremendous academic institution. Yes,
4: yeah, so, yeah, they they really are, John, and I can't wait to go up to Nashville this year. Alabama hasn't played Vanderbilt in a while, and I, I suppose that'll be a tough taking because the stadium that they play in their home football games it's not very big. So, and people like to come to Nashville and be there on a Saturday night, so. I, I uh, expect that to be a tough ticket. Uh, oh no, Not One of the other. Go ahead, John.
1: No, you go ahead. No doubt about it. Yeah, tough
4: I was, ticket. Yeah, no. Yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, I, I looking at some of the coaches on the hot seat. Yes, uh, I guess the number one would be Kevin Sumlin. They they, were, they had uh, three eight and five seasons, and they're approaching this year with a with a young quarterback, you know, first time starter. So I'm not sure how he's going to. Get out of that conundrum and win enough games, but uh, you know, in his sixth year here, so uh, uh, Alabama has to go out to A and M, uh, but I just don't know if A and ms going to put up with another eight and five season unless they feel that he's turned the corner. You know, they got plenty of money if they have to buy him out, but he's the number one coach on the hot seat, I would say, and then right behind him, of course, is Butch Jones. Um, but he had back-to-back nine-to-four seasons, but it was a little bit of a collapse. He was kind of in the, the cap brood seat late in the season and then kind of fell apart, so that was disappointing because everyone thought they would win the East last year, and they, they were right in position, but they they lost. So um, And, you know, I, I expect um, Mackle, Jim McIlwain to do a little bit better with his offense this year. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but, you know, that's his forte, offense. He needs to do something. When you're in the state of Florida, all these you know, high-flying offenses from years past. I mean, the Gator fans are starting to be a little suspicious. Of, uh, how come we can't score? We have all these fast-skilled players in the, in the state. You don't have to go outside the boundaries, but we haven't seen much of this offense yet.
1: Yeah, good point. Well, high standards in Florida, to put it mildly, especially uh, with the just remarkable high school talent that's sitting down in that state and that's being – really distributed around the country, including in Florida with, uh, you know, Florida, Florida State, Miami, and others. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I I can't help but think, you know, uh, tonight I'm going to be seeing Charlie Strong uh, at the American Athletic Conference Clambake, where he is the new coach at the University of South Florida, Uh, between uh, USF and University of Central Florida, uh, you know. Yet even a bigger challenge for the bigger Florida schools since those two schools are going to uh, be getting their share, fair share of talent. So, But luckily, there's enough to go around in that state, that's for sure. and uh, It's just amazing. But, AP, I wanted to ask you, Kirby Smart down at Georgia. I mean, obviously, you watched him very closely covering Alabama when he was the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of you know, of him so far at Georgia? How was he at SEC media days? He has some great running backs. Nick Chubb's coming back, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so what are your thoughts about Kirby Smart?
4: Yeah, I mean, he has those two uh, very good running backs, uh, Nick, Nick Chubb and Sonny Sony Michelle and, and looking for his quarterback to <clears throat> be much better. And, of course, Kirby's a defensive type of coach. So and you, they were they were picked to win the SEC East. So there's a lot of momentum that he has, and in the state of Georgia, people are trying to to come to Atlanta and get talent. So there's no excuses. Uh, the University of Georgia should be a good football team, contending for the East, SEC East title every year, as well as the SEC championship. You know, everybody's chasing Alabama, but Kirby Smart, he he's got all the, the the tools to build a build a program and. Uh, you saw in the past, you know, Mark Rick had some success, but it wasn't uh, consistently uh, shown because they would lose to teams that were, you know, underdogs. And that's the, this, the key to being a top-notch coach. Yeah, you're going to have your games where maybe you don't beat your rival every year, but you're going to have to at least go 500. And then you can't have any upsets like, you know, Vanderbilt beats you one year or something like that. So. Could, could be smart. Yeah, he, he was up he's upbeat, he's an energetic coach, young coach, trying to make a name, and he's gonna get his chanceship because he has a team that has the ability to win the SEC East and and then if you get in that championship game against the, the West, you know that ball bounces, John, and you puts it somebody puts it on the ground, you throw interceptions, all the all the the entire equation changes.
1: No doubt about it. Absolutely. Um well it's uh yeah this could be the year for them to make uh, their move in the SEC East. Uh, Also, uh, you know, you mentioned Tennessee. Uh, Interestingly, Butch Jones was making the rounds today on all the various ESPN platforms. Uh, I've seen him interviewed already twice, if not more today. And, uh, you know, fascinating guy, very intense. And, you know, he's on a bit of a hot seat. I don't think nowhere near as hot as the one Kevin Sumlin's on, but uh but nonetheless, he, he you know, uh, his situation bears watching, that's for sure. But he he's again likable guy. Certainly a good interview today and he just oozes intensity to say the least. So drill sergeant like.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's people say he he kinda looks like uh Sergeant Carter of the Goma Power show. There you go. They, that's what they that, always that, comment about. Yeah, that's Bush, Bush, I can know. see it. I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> it, okay, it, John. One of the other coaches I wanted to speak about is Brett Bielema. You know, they've okay. kind of been on a plateau. They've been on a plateau. So his athletic director said he's not in jeopardy, but you'd like to see Arkansas show some consistency. I mean, last year I think Auburn beat him was a fifty-six to three. I mean, that should never happen. I mean, losing the game is one thing, but having a total collapse, I mean. With the way Arkansas usually uh, can run the football, that that should not happen. I mean, and and Auburn was not a a powerhouse last year, but when you have those type of games, something's missing in your preparation. Something.
1: Correct. Correct. Yeah, that always raises some eyebrows, no doubt about it. Um, Well, you know, and uh, back to Ed Orgeron, he is a great interview. I mean. He's a worthy successor, interview wise and whatnot, to Les Miles. Uh, he seems so genuine and he's just a great personality. He's, you know, one coach that, you know, you expect complete honest answers when you and direct answers when you ask him any question. Is that, uh, does that sound about right to you? You 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 sat in yes. front of him, you would know better than me.
4: Yes, yes, and, and, and I think he was a good hire. People Questioned right. the hiring. I'm thinking, here's a person from Louisiana. he loves, he loves it. He uh, and then he made two very good hires uh, with the uh, defensive coordinator, and he brought in the uh, coordinator from Pittsburgh. And I think he's gonna. He knows at this point in his career to get out of the way and manage the situation, not to micromanage the defense or the offense. And I think he will because he had the tough lesson at Ole Miss, and he's a changed coach. Uh, so you know he realizes that he's in a uh, a very good position. He's in his home state. I mean that's the dream job for him. I mean he he would have crawled from anywhere to coach LSU. So I'm I I'm curious what he's going to do this year. Um, you know last year they were 13th in passing, let's say, and overall offense they were 10th. They were 10th in scoring. Now that's too much talent to be in the double digit uh, area. Uh, relative to the offensive statistics in the league, so but he's got to make some, uh, you know, changes in his coaching style, and he did. So I think LSU they, they made a good hire.
1: I agree. I like him. You know, he was out at USC, correct?
4: Correct. Yeah. He yeah. So so he knows his Miami, way around. You know, yeah. He, he's at places don't. that have won. It, it didn't work out for him at Ole Miss, John, but I think he recalibrated. And
1: he's ready to go. I totally agree. I like him. I think a lot of people like him. I think, you know, the the reservations about just hiring him, since it seemed fairly obvious, was, you know, I'm guessing it was just the old, is he, was he a big enough name? Uh, but they got through that, did hire him, if that was indeed an issue. And uh, I, I think he's going to do well, so... AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of another segment, so why don't we take a break now? Great stuff from you, as always, and uh, still a few more things to get to on the other side.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the
1: show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Before we get started, I want to give my pick of the week for appointment viewing, which is this week's British Open. Uh, nice follow-up to Wimbledon, uh, as I referenced earlier, as... Being able to wake up in the morning and watch live uh, sports, whether it's Wimbledon for the past two weeks or the British Open for the next week. Uh, nothing like it. One of my favorite periods every summer is when you can tune in to, uh, again, live programming first thing in the morning. But, AP, uh, speaking of golf, I know you're a golf fan. It's going to be fun to have the British Open. I always love this week, as I did with Wimbledon uh where you can wake up and tune right into some live sports action uh, at legendary uh, tournaments, to say the least.
4: Yeah, that's a fun week for people to watch those type of events and, you know, you see history being made. So, yeah, those are, those are great things.
1: Nothing like it. Uh, well, another great thing, something uh, that I'm going to uh, within the hour, is american athletic conference football media days which i mentioned earlier in the show they're in newport rhode island kicks off tonight with a clam bake uh bayside at newport bay a uh, spectacular setting to put it mildly and ap we've been spending a lot of time talking about coaches and uh you know some big names coaching in the aac uh None bigger than newcomer Charlie Strong, uh, fresh off his gig at Texas, uh, which preceded, of course, by tremendous success at Louisville. Uh, But, yeah, Charlie Strong, now the coach of University of South Florida in Tampa. I've been on the campus. I think he has uh, a real opportunity to do some big things there, a lot of upside in a good conference, Great facilities, you know, they play some games at, uh, if not all their games, at Raymond James Stadium where the Bucks play. I've been on the Steelers practice there for the 2009 Super Bowl, so I've actually been on the campus. Uh, I, I, you know, I think Charlie Strong, uh, and Charlie Strong used to coach at Florida. That's where he really, really made his name, at University of Florida. So he has the connections already in place. Uh, he's going to be a star I believe in the next uh, 24 hours down there in Newport, uh, uh, the clam bake tonight, and then of course all the session media sessions tomorrow. But how do you think Charlie Strong is going to do in the AAC and at USF?
4: I think everything is in place, as you stated, John. He he knows the coaches in the state of Florida, having been there as an assistant uh, through the years. Uh, uh, they have a pretty good team coming back as i understand so you just have yep. to keep things moving in that direction i mean he's done well at, at places uh, so you know that he can win uh, so i think it was, that was a good choice and uh, South Florida that you know they should be we a very good team all the time because you're in the state of Florida and you're at a, at a major university. So it's not because there's a lack of talent. And, and as you know, John, in football, that's a manpower sport. You you, you can't make it with one or two players. You need uh, an abundance of players to have a, a really great team. And he's in the, one of the states in America that values the game of football.
1: Exactly. And... Uh, quite importantly, he's in a major city as well. Uh, Tampa is, uh, you know, they're dying to uh, fall in love, or how you know, with college football. I mean, needless to say, they already do, but I think they would just a, a city just waiting to have a team right in their own town. Uh, that's suddenly in the national picture and a national contender. And I think Charlie Strong could be the guy to take him there. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. And AP, uh, you know, some other interesting names there. Uh, Major Applewhite succeeding Tom Herman at Houston. Uh, or, excuse me, yeah, Houston and Tom Herman, of course, succeeded Charlie Strong at Texas. Needless to say, uh, I think we all know that story. And, uh so, but Major Applewhite, big name, a name that when you hear it once, you remember it. Uh, and yeah, suddenly he's uh, head coach at Houston. So that's pretty cool.
4: Yeah, and they, and they have a, a nice non conference schedule. Uh, open up with uh, University of uh, Texas San Antonio, and then in San, in San Antonio, at the Alamo Dome. And then they follow up. You go to Tucson to play Arizona home to play Rice, the, the team, other team in Houston, one of the other teams. And then they, they have another home game against Texas Tech back to the old uh, Southwest Conference days. So uh, Major's been around a lot of big programs. Uh, University of Texas is Alabama. He was Nick Saban' offensive coordinator the first year at Alabama. Then he's been in Houston now uh, with uh, Tom Herman. So he's getting his opportunity and Houston's a good place to recruit. I know LSU is in there heavily. Alabama goes over there. All, of course, all the teams in Texas, Arkansas, Oklahoma. So they're, there's uh, they're flush with uh, good prospects. So he's in a position to succeed because they're on a roll at the University of Houston. Now he's just got to continue in that direction.
1: Yes, they are on a roll. Been in the championship games for the AAC, and yes, they're. Uh Yeah, they're on the national radar, to put it mildly. Um, Another interesting name, uh, speaking of the national picture, someone who's been on the national stage in a big way, Luke Fickle, former assistant at Ohio State, was at one time, I believe, interim or head coach, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or maybe was just simply the head coach for a year or two at Ohio State. Uh, But, yeah. Uh, Luke Fickle again as assistant coaches go he's like Kirby Smart he's a name that everybody knows
4: <laughs> yeah so uh, he's at Cincinnati John is that right that is correct is that where he is in, in yeah. state from oh. or just, just in, down the road from Columbus as they say yeah and Cincinnati's had their share success over the years so um, I'm sure he's excited to be there and uh, you know I, I think a lot of times I think they even played Ohio State uh, in the last 10 years or so. So I don't know if he's going to try to set up that matchup, but one of those, if you look at his schedule, John, the second game, where's the game being played? Ann Arbor, Michigan, play the Wolverines. Yeah.
1: Right, right, there you go. Well, that's going to be his opportunity right there. Uh, and it's certainly a venue he's familiar with from his Ohio State, lengthy career at Ohio State, to put it mildly.
4: He'll have the entire state pull him for him that day. No doubt about it. That's for sure.
1: Another interesting name, uh, AP, and one that we both like, of course, is Randy Edsel. Uh He's returning to UConn after leaving UConn, leading them to great success. BCS Bowl, the festival, I believe it was. Went down to University of Maryland. Now he's back in stores, Connecticut. And, uh, you know, uh, I saw him. Talking at Fenway Park a couple of months ago, I talked about it on the show, and uh, and yeah, another intense guy, and uh, I expect him to uh, do well back at UConn.
4: Yeah, can he recapture the magic, John? And and one thing I like to say about UConn, I think they do an outstanding job with their schedule. You know, look at the non-conference people; they have uh, Holy Cross as uh, a home game for them. They go to the University of Virginia. They play also Missouri. And that's a home game for them. And then Boston College in Fenway Park. So they, they have a good balance of teams that they, they try to put, put on their schedule each year. And somebody up there is doing a very good job of, of coming to those decisions. Absolutely.
1: Well, it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I can't wait to get down there and see all these people this evening that we've been talking about so AP uh, another quick show another fun show uh, but thank you as always for calling in and for your great perspective and uh, and appreciate it great to hear about SEC media days
4: well thank you John thank you it's my pleasure and have a great time at the American Athletic Conference media Days. that's an outstanding event
1: well thank you as always thank you all for listening to All Around Sports And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.